Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode brought to you by Evil. Have you run out of ideas how to make a character interesting? Do you want to give your villain the power to hypnotize others to kill for them? Use Evil. It's all you need, apparently. Chomp, chomp, chomp a chomp, everybody. It's your boys from Horror Movie Talk. I'm Dr. Bryce Hansen. And over there is I'm Mr. David Day. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, am, I step on it every time. I'm such a stupid idiot. <laughs> Everyone's right. I'm just stupid. Yee! New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. We got a great show for you today. We'll be reviewing Halloween ends. Here it comes. It's the end of Halloween forever. Uh, but before we talk about the thing that you're here to listen about, uh, go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find links to all our things, um, including our Patreon, which we should probably thank our new patrons which is listed thusly. We've got Shingles05. Uh, well, he upgraded. She, he, she. Uh, Mitch B. Uh, nine Kinds. I think we covered Nine Kinds already. So thanks to our new patrons. Uh, if you go there, you get access to patron-exclusive content. Um, we post new episodes of the podcast every Wednesday on YouTube and all your favorite podcast platforms. Yes, we have video now. If you're you weren't aware, I don't know why you wouldn't be aware. We're we're on video, so you can see our visages. We're matching. We both have blue shirts today. Yeah, blue shirts. You're repping uh, Paramount, which is my new favorite streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paramount Plus. Is, I just uh, spend hours and hours watching 
Star Trek content over there. <laughs> um, not as good as you. You like it more than Peacock? <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, let me tell you, uh, if you're not familiar with the show, I could go. I could rant and rant about how fucking stupid the Peacock app is. It is. Li- if you want to build an app, all you got to do, you're, you're in luck, but bucko. Because all you got to do is download the Peacock app and do the exact opposite of everything they do. And then you'll have a be- the best app on the planet. Uh, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail and express your opinions about Peacock, uh, call 682-253-4468. I should, uh, in the mid-roll, I should challenge myself to see if I can actually remember that number without reading it. It's getting, wow, it's you getting can't? Close no, that I'm, I'm bad with no, numbers and memory. Speaking of numbers, we start out by giving a brief review and our score for the film. We mo- uh, We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we're doing things a little differently today. We're going to be interviewing The Shape himself. Yes, James Jude Courtney, who plays Michael Myers in the 2018 Halloween trilogy, will join us for an interview. After that, we'll get into our uh, spoiler section, take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film, hated about the film. And then later on, we'll be doing a new bit called... uh, what did I call it before? Before I changed it to make it better. Uh, how close was Bryce? Mm. So this is this is a new bit that I that was birthed in my um, foggy, sick mind as I was battling a, a stomach bug. And I don't know how good it's going to go, but I'm committed. I'm pot committed into this bit. You know, here's the thing about this podcast. For some reason, and don't ask me why, people just like you and me. That's yeah. why they come here a lot of the time. I Look, it freaks me out, too. I'm the first to admit that it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if uh, if you came up with it, you were, you were asking me before the show, should I do this thing? And I was like, I believe in you. And you're like, ah, yeah, but I don't. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I do. So, And everybody else does, too. So know that. Mm. Okay. They're here for our successes and failures. Yeah, sometimes the failures are the best. Yep. Um. So, yeah, we went and watched, saw, slash watched, whatever, Halloween ends. And let's hope they keep that title's promise. This is the trailer. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. I was certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you going to do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. 
But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. a scary trailer halloween ends can be found in theaters and streaming on peacock you know bryce they didn't uh they didn't release the review embargo on this one until the day of uh which is never a good sign uh they also didn't do that netflix chose to do that similar thing with uh the latest midnight club from Mike Flanagan thing. I mean, as far as we know, I don't know. I mean, well, no, I mean, Netflix, even when they gave us advanced access, there was a review embargo until it was released. That's true. In any event, though, Halloween ends didn't, uh, didn't release their embargo until day of. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not a great sign usually. Um, Okay, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, is on edge from the previous Halloween's rampage from Michael Myers. Not in a way that gets them to be safer or demand justice, but mostly in a way that makes them irrationally blame Laurie Strode for all of their problems. Corey, a good kid, ends up accidentally killing a little prick of a kid and gets labeled as a psycho by the town. He gets pushed around until finally he reaches a breaking point, question mark, and starts to style himself after Michael Myers. Laurie Strode herself, after living a life based on fear and vengeance, training herself to be the ultimate mercenary, in this movie says, meh, I'll just live like a normal grandma now. And Michael Myers shows up at the end. That's that's the synopsis of, of the movie, without giving away too much. Uh, after Halloween Kills, my expectations for this film were not high, but nonetheless, it didn't meet them. I imagine for fans of the Halloween franchise, this entry will be as befuddling to them as it was to me. Uh, You would think that this being the final entry in the franchise, or, you know, nominally the final entry in the franchise, it would focus on what makes it work, mainly the unstoppable Michael Myers. Nope. They play a switcheroo and focus on attempting to create a Michael Myers stand-in protege. It's a bold move. And could be interesting if they didn't completely fuck up everything to do with the character development and motivation. 
not just with him, every character in this movie acts completely irrationally. Your brain will feel whiplash as characters completely change motivations instantly and relationships are broken for seemingly no reason. This serves to make the plot seem completely arbitrary and nonsensical. The film attempts to analyze the nature of evil via nature versus nurture, but it falls completely flat since they don't present a compelling or cogent argument for either. Uh, I will say that the ending is satisfying. Laurie and Michael do get to have their final standoff, and it does put a period on the franchise. After watching this movie, I hope it is the last. Not, Not a big fan... Uh, I give it a score of three out of 10. It's a real low score. So like for me, this is like a bad average movie. <laughs> like it's not, it, it loses so many points for like not attempting to explain things or motivations for the characters and it's so there's so many like like eye-rolling moments and like parts that would just make me shake my head like what the fuck just happened like why other than like it's this way now <laughs> you know that's basically how how the screenwriters treated it's like now he's bad <laughs> mainly with the you know with core the cory character but there he's not the only one there's lots of problems throughout even including michael myers like it's it's again befuddling and i think it just for if you were to watch this as a movie it's just not good you know whether it's a halloween movie or a horror movie or a slasher movie it's just it doesn't like pass muster when it comes to logic um or dialogue i don't know I don't know. It's weird. I feel like it has a lot of things working against it. Um, which should have been taken as a challenge. Um, I think I'll, I'll start off by saying uh, the things that I feel are good about this movie, which is it's kind of a, a thriller instead of being like a Halloween movie. Um, you know, it kind of follows a character through some really hard times and he's a pretty, he's a somewhat compelling character and uh, it's just fucking weird that it's a Halloween movie um, because uh, it's not, it's not really that so much. What it is, is, I don't know, somewhat interesting uh, thriller Bad, good guy turned bad guy kind of story um that has a weird twist of having michael myers thrown in uh which is a strange twist thing to say because it's a halloween movie now um a lot of the things i i kind of liked a lot of this movie like i was kind of like okay yeah it's kind of fun and goofy and stupid but it ain't no halloween movie um I'll tell you what, Halloween 2018 really teed things up very nicely. And it was like, oh shit, he's back. The series is back. This is going to be a breath of fresh air. This is going to be fucking amazing and weird and horrible and good and bad. And uh, in all the right ways. And then in, or Kills came 
and it was like super violent, um, disjointed and too long. It was clear that they were like not, oh, they had plenty of time between 2018 and Kills to like get a coherent script together and like, by the way, also get this script together and uh, and figure out like a coherent storyline there's none of that. There's no coherence. The I, in kills like the main problem was like how ham-handed they treated the the mob justice stuff where it was like the writing was so bad where they're like evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. I mean that became a meme of its own and it's just like it doesn't it's unearned is is what it is. And I guess that's my problem with with all the stuff in this movie too, like all of the, um, the, you know, shocking moments or reveals or switcheroos, like it's all unearned and it just come, it falls flat. Cause you're like, Oh, I guess they want us to think that now. I, yeah. I mean, here's, I'm not going to I'm not going to nick nitpick this movie because it doesn't I'm not going to go for all the things that didn't make sense in this movie because it's a slasher and it feels silly to be like ah, slasher doesn't make sense where I will definitely fault this movie is the basic bullshit that it just doesn't get right which is right. which is it's so basic like look at how kills ends kills ends with Michael being this unstoppable like super natural force who is uh, he's a force of nature it, he's maybe a god it's hard to tell what's going on but they're teeing him up to be a superhuman right and then this i have no idea like without giving too much away that is not where they take michael yeah they basically make him into a cave troll at all it's not the same Michael Myers. If this is the end to a different series of like where Michael's winding things up, you know, he he's old man Myers now. He's feeling, you know, his joints. He's got to take he's got to take some, uh, you know, some supplements. He's got, you know, he's got to stay on top of his workout regimen. Uh, and uh, and it's weird because that's not where we were left in kills at all. And I, there's nothing to address those other movies other than like being like, remember those other movies? Uh-huh. Yeah, we don't, we don't, as the script writers, we don't have one fucking memory of those movies at all. Um, that said, I, I think, I don't know, like, I, it doesn't bother me that much. I feel a lot of peer pressure to give this a bad score because, um, I don't know because everybody's so, uh, you know, they're very much the mob, the mob from Halloween kills. You know, they're like evil dies tonight. Everybody is saying that this movie didn't offend me that much. It's just so mind boggling how they got these basic premises wrong. I guess I'd give it about a four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even trying to be nitpicky about like logic in a, I'm giving leeway for the slasher genre of like, oh, why doesn't she just leave the house? Why'd she run upstairs? Like, I'm not saying like, that's the stuff I'm, I'm agreeing with you. It's like all the other bullshit where it's like, 
okay, the basic premise of the movie doesn't make sense. You're not following through on the characters and characterization that you've set up for the last two movies. Like, and they give no explanation. It's baffling. Like, it feels like this is a continuation of a completely different second movie. Who, who did this? What? The same people. That's what's, that's what's so concerning is like, it's still, um, you know, directed by what's his name? Green something. David Gordon Green. I am so fucking written by the same people. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't, it, it. it, it's crazy. I, I don't. Did we don't miss a movie? Did like I feel like there's just something in the middle, that's that's in the way between this and that and kills because kills ended on such an insane note. Like the end of kills was fucking awesome, and then what is this? Yeah, I mean, the, even if you like had a scene where it was like Michael Myers in Halloween Kills after he basically resurrects himself and murders the entire town. If you just had a scene with him walking off and then stumbling and falling down to show like, Oh no, you still hurt. Like that would explain something that would like in this film be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But also it's four years later in the timeline of this movie. So like he would have been healed by now. It just, Anyways, um, it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of things that don't make sense, if you're listening to these commercials, you don't have to. That doesn't make any sense. You can just go to our Patreon and join at our uh, reasonable priced $6.66 a month tier. And you get advanced access to episodes as soon as we edit them. And they don't have commercials. Uh, So save that, save that, uh, skip for 30 seconds button like you don't want to wear that out join our patreon also you can go to our one cup of coffee a month you can support horror movie talk and get tons of digital goods also you can go to our shop at horrormovietalk.com slash shop or you can go to our facebook shop because we have brand new tees that are you know flying off the shelves because we finally have the design out and available for purchase of team bat and team spear and uh, designed by our resident artist, Dustin Goble. It looks awesome. Uh, You can pick sides for which 
melee weapon you would choose in a zombie apocalypse. And if you're not living, if you're if you are a listener outside the U.S., guess what? High likelihood these Team Bat versus Team Spear shirts ship to you. Um, so people in Finland, people in Sweden, people uh, in Australia, check it out. Um, that's horrormovietalk.com slash shop, and we can probably ship to you because we're using a big label shipper printer people thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're switching over to print on demand because doing it so all ourselves is, is a, a big hassle. Um, that's right. Obviously, you're going to want to get your team bat. Yeah. Shirt, uh, very oh, I'm sorry. You, you misspoke. Team Spear is the ah. obvious choice here. Um, um, you're wrong. I guess we could just tally up the the sales and decide which one, or I guess which side has more money at least. <laughs> yeah, let's indeed. Uh, speaking of uh, design, check out Dustin Gobel again. He's our resident artist. He fucks hard, and he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So if you like our logo or the Team Bat Team Spear design or any of the other uh featured images we have on our episodes you can contact him at dgobel 0 on instagram that's at d-g-o-e-b d-g-o-e-b-e-l zero zero and don't ask me on social media what his handle is i say it every episode and spell it just okay skip forward Okay, old man Myers coming out. Watch out. He's going to stab <sighs> you in the head. Jesus. Tell him HMT so- sent you. Call 682-253-4468. He did it! Hey, good job, Leave us a voicemail. Buddy. Thanks again for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get into our interview with James Jude Courtney. James Jude Courtney has worked on several PBS television series in various acting roles before making his move to Los Angeles, where he worked as a Universal Studios tour guide. He began his professional camera acting career in the canon film Freeway Maniac, where he played a psychopathic killer escaped from a mental institution in pursuit of a famous actress, leaving a wake of dead bodies behind him. To prepare for this role, he spent a supervised weekend with an actual in an actual lockdown mental ward, interviewing several paranoid schizophrenics who had themselves committed murder. Uh, this he followed up with several stints on daytime and nighttime soap operas, uh, fans of uh, horror might recognize him in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, fans of Tom Cruise might recognize him in his stint in Far and Away. Um, he's just done a lot of things, but most known now for his stint as Michael Myers. Um, he was sought out by director David Gordon Green because he met the exact criteria for the iconic role of Michael Myers, a.k.a. The Shape. 
Courtney was cast in the critically acclaimed box office hit Halloween in 2018, for which he has won several several awards. He is then secured to be a part of the trilogy, including Halloween Kills and this film, Halloween Ends. Um, if you don't know already, it's available in theaters. We already said that. Um, James Jude Courtney has played the yeah uh, he's played oh yeah this is interesting he played the role of Michael Myers more than any other actor by being in three consecutive Halloween films it's actually kind of shocking to me damn um so we're pleased to have him with us uh, so please welcome James Jude Courtney. So thank you so much, James, for joining us on this week's episode. Um, so glad that you you're taking the time to promote with you know the little guys like horror movie talk. <laughs> um, you're not the first um, legendary killer we've had on. We actually did interview um, Robert England already. Nice, nice. So that was that was fun. But we're gonna see you know the original, the the. Uh, the voice of the, well, the original killer anyways, not the original actor of Michael Myers, but uh, you're in the last three Halloweens, uh, yeah. including yeah. Halloween Ends, and uh, you've been embodying Michael Myers. Um, so, uh, David, what was your first question? Yeah, I had a question for you. How much did you try to embody Michael's original performance and how much of yourself did you like add, add to the, uh, to your performance? Well, the way I did that was, um, you know, because in our universe, nothing exists between 1978 and Halloween 2018. So what I did was when I got the call, uh, to go down to meet David or to be put on tape, actually, um, I used a technique that uh, Ted Knight, wonderful old character actor, gave me um, years and years ago when I first moved to Los Angeles. He told me if I wanted to be a good actor, I needed to be able to emulate somebody. And he said, but don't watch the way they walk or try to talk the way they talk. He said, reach inside them, reach inside their soul. And if you can grab their soul, you will automatically walk the way they walk. You will automatically talk the way they talk. And you'll even think like they think. So what I did was I watched the 1978 uh, movie one time uh, before I went down to Charleston. And um, there was one scene in particular where uh, Nick Castle as the shape is walking camera left to camera right in a backyard. And in my head, I went, I got it. And other than that, um, I, and once I grasped that, then I was naturally going to move the way Nick moved as the shape. Um, and then of course, you know, I add within the universe of my being, um, all the things that I've done for the for the decades, and you know, all the, the the hard work as an actor, the hard work as a stuntman, I've done a lot of shamanic work. Uh, you know, the kind of work that Aaron Rodgers is making famous now. You know, going to the jungles of Peru and and drinking ayahuasca and sacred ceremony. Um, and so, you know, all the things that put together all the martial arts experience, all the dance experience, all the psychological, emotional, spiritual work I've done to myself, that all creates the you know the, the vehicle. But the driving force was what I embodied um, from from Nick Castle's performance. So whatever I imbued it with or whatever grew from Nick's performance was a natural organic uh, progression. Just to follow up on that, how how dark of a place did that take you to? Well, it, it 
it, it takes me, it has taken me to a place that I consider beyond 3D reality. It's, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm referring it to it as sort of a 5D reality. It's beyond duality. There's no right or wrong or good or bad or, you know, up or down. It's just a place. It's an existence. It's, a, it's an energy. Um, David Gordon Green uh, said in 2018 that um, he had only worked with one other actor who could go as deep and dark as I went. And that uh, poor guy ended up in a psych ward for two months. He uh, had a psychotic break. Um, but the ticket is I breathe that character in when I'm ready to work. And then when I'm, I'm ready to let it go, I breathe it out. So I use breath work, uh, a, a technique taught by a man named Max Strom. It's maxstrom.com. I highly recommend this technique for anybody because it, it's a way to, it, not just for acting, but just for keeping your life straight, keeping your life, you know, breathing is everything. So I breathe the character in. I allow it to to exist within me and control me, and then I breathe it out and I'm back to me again. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was reading in your bio, it talks about your one of your first credits the for Freeway Maniac. You did a lot of research um, around paranoid schizophrenics, and that helped you um, prepare for the role. Did does has that helped you with um, portraying Michael Myers? Like, do you tap into that past? research around paranoid schizophrenia well yeah absolutely and that's and and that uh, i come by that naturally because i've already had that experience staying in a lockdown ward in a um in a psychiatric prison um with the director myself we were there with a psychiatrist and i had an orderly with me all the time uh and, and these guys that you know that i sat with and talked i mean they, they committed their crimes 20 20 30 years ago so they they've been on meds you know they've gotten past all the you know whatever it was that was controlling them um, but I still remember those experiences like they were yesterday. And so they absolutely informed. I never thought about it though. This is not a, this is not a, this is not a left brain exercise for me. This is more of a spiritual experience. So once I, um, once I drew that in and knew that I had it, I didn't think about it ever again. It's just, I, I, I breathe it in, I do it, I breathe it out and nothing has changed from the beginning of 2018 to the very end of Halloween ends. Nothing inside me changed. Um, very cool. I, I was wondering what is the, now I, I realize this is, this is kind of a, a weird and dark question, but, and so if, if maybe you have a scene that you would prefer to mention instead, but, um, what's your favorite kill that, uh, that Michael Myers has performed with you at the helm? With, I mean, there's so there's each one is special for sure. Um, I think the Cameron kill is kind of my favorite. Um, uh, but I also have to say, you know, like the window kill um, in 2018 is kind of a favorite of mine, because if I were going to take somebody out personally, that's the way I do it. Get in <laughs> silently, get out, you know, no drama, just take care of business. Oh, spectacular. Well, this this podcast will be played when you uh, when you're uh, being convicted of your future killing. He <laughs> already planned it out on Horror Movie Talk <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, did, were you a big uh, Halloween fan before? Was the the prep work for the audition the first time you'd you'd watched any Halloween films? Oh no no no! I knew in fourth grade I was going to make movies. In fifth grade, I picked up my dad's 1950s era Kodak Trilens eight millimeter camera and started making my own movies. I've been going to movies, you know, since I was a child, my dad used to sit with us. I have six brothers. He had these big long arms and he'd put his arms around us. So we'd watch every Friday night at 11 o'clock. We got to stay up late 
and watch horror films. You know, we'd watch um, you know, all the great classics, the great original, like universal classics. And uh, so I was always going to movies. And, and there were two films while I was in college that I went to, saw in the theater, and I walked out knowing that they were game changers. One was Rocky and the other one was Halloween. I walked out of that theater going, okay, this is a game changer. This whole genre is about to flip. And, you know, I mean, not that I'm so that prescient. It's just, it was clearly obvious. It was just a masterpiece. And, um, and then, you know, and those iterations ever since, of course, I've seen them because, you know, uh, back in the day, I, I worked at Universal Studios. I was a tour guide. And then I did a live show, The Adventures of Conan. I did that for years. And everybody on the Conan show was a, was a horror buff. So whenever the, whenever a horror film came out, we went, we just went mass and, you know, we made a party out of it. So, um, yeah, I have great, I have great appreciation for all of them. Um, though I have to say I, I'm, um, partial to ours, of course, um, because of the just immense talent of David Gordon Green and Michael Simmons and, you know, and Christopher Nelson and Jamie Curtis. I mean, and Andy Matichek, I mean, the list goes on. The original, of course, because it was so, so amazing. And I also had to give props to uh, Rick Rosenthal. I think he did a really great job, you know, in, in Halloween too. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I was wondering, so you've been doing a, a lot of uh, promotion, a lot of interviews um, leading up to ends. And I was curious to know, what's the most interesting thing that you don't get to talk about very much because people just don't ask you? <laughs> well, that's a tough one, man, because, you know, some of the, some of the, some of the, um, you know, some of the questions about like, well, okay. I, I have to say to, to flip that is some of the bizarre questions I do get, like, okay. do I wear the mask in bed with my, with my fiance? Jesus. <laughs> and like, no, she's not interested neither am I, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, that being said, uh, you guys maybe or maybe not would be surprised at how many women have DM'd me or even asked me in person to wear the mask and, and do unmentionables. <laughs> wow. Which is, which is a little, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's funny. It's, it's funny. You know, it's, it's, and, and, and thank God Sarah has a great sense of humor. <laughs> well, now we're, okay. Now we're down, now we're down a, a certain path here. And, uh, and do you have, are there any other wacky questions that you, that you've gotten asked? couple times or anything like that um no you know most most of the stuff i get is really um is really trying to get into the character and i think that's because the fans are so interested in what what it is creates you know what's created inside of a, of a human being that can create a character like that i think it's awesome that you guys have, have interviewed robert england um i think for me in terms of modern classic horror um, I, I think his performance is is just superlative, and you know, so really, um, it really, this has been it, it's been pretty tame Out, outside of that. It's been pretty tame. Oh, good. Hit me with something, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess that the next natural question to that would be: uh, Have you met Robert England, and and if so, has he told you about New Mexico? Um. <laughs> I, I met Robert England and he has not told me about New Mexico, but this is something I'm going to ask him about now. Oh, yeah, you should, you should, should ask him about New he'll Mexico. He'll talk at length. Um, <laughs> no, he was, he was great. Um, and obviously, I mean, so iconic in that character and they've tried to reboot it and it just doesn't work without Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, 
Well, it's kind of amazing. I mean, that you know, the studio perception will be, you know, you can put a mask on any stuntman and he can do the job, but that will truly be spoken by a person who could never do it themselves, you know. And the people who we work with um, know how how special it is and and how rare. Just all, everything that we all do. I mean, we all find our niche. We all find something that we're good at, ideally. And if we're lucky enough to do something that other people like to, like you guys are doing, then we get to have fun, you know. And 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 so. You know, it's it's um, it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it's exhausting to play a role like this. It's physically, I mean, this last movie for the first time ever, I worried about my spine because I got crushed so hard. Um, I got I walked away with a concussion. Um, I you know one hematoma from this one. I've I've had a hematoma on every single show. Um, you know, bruises and I, it, it's it's part of the game. You know, it's and I like it. I love it. I love wake, waking up beaten up as hell and knowing that I put in a good night's work. What's, what's been your uh, gnarliest stunt um, on the, on this three film series so far? Well, the one there's the one I'm talking about in terms of getting slammed um, is on, on Halloween ends, but I've got to say fire because fire is fire is so unpredictable. And in all the fire scenes, like walking through the house, for instance, um, I was wearing two Nomex suits soaked in fire retardant gel. Uh, I had to close my eyes. So I had to count the steps to the door. And then I had to count the steps to the edge of the porch. I couldn't breathe in because if I did, I would scar my lungs and, and my throat. So I couldn't breathe until I got out to the porch. So that's when I could open my eyes. I could start breathing very, very shallowly. Um, and even then going through the flaming house and when, and at the end of, of Halloween 2018, when, you know, when the explosion occurs, it's so hot that, you know, like when you're sitting in front of a fireplace or, or say a campfire and it's cold outside, so you don't want to leave the fire, but your jeans are so hot, it's burning. That's how hot it is immediately. And so you wait for a bite and, you know, that'll happen in five, seven, 15 seconds, whatever. As soon as you get bit, I got bit once in the neck during the explosion scene and bit once in the, in the leg, you've got about five to seven seconds to get out. And then there's firefighters right off camera with CO2. And so for me, that's, that's the gnarliest and the most beautiful because in order to do that successfully, you've got to go to a really deep place. Like I, I think the Dalai Lama should have called me then and asked me for advice because I was chill. <laughs> you know. Hey, uh, we want to be respectful of your time. I got one quick question for you. I hope, I hope it's quick. What has been your favorite part of filming this series of Halloween Man, it's the Halloween family. Um, you know, Ryan Turek is the exec in charge. David Gordon Green, the director, uh, Michael Simmons, uh, Christopher Nelson, Jamie and Andy. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the three various stunt quarters. But we have a family. And, I, and this is really unusual for a film, let alone a series of films. We have, we've, we've grown such powerful friendships amongst all of us. I mean, the most of us. And so much so that we visit each other and we talk often on the phone. I mean, Nick Castle and I are awesome friends. We just, we talk and text a lot. Uh, Chris Nelson and I are very good friends. Andy and I are very good friends. Jamie will text back and forth. I mean, um, David Gordon Green is hands down the best director I've ever worked with. He, he is such, he is such an honest and loyal human being, but more than that, he checks his ego at the door. So he's open to creativity from wherever it comes. He's, He's not biased. What he wants is the best possible product. And he creates a really fertile ground for all of us to play in. And so um, 
walking away with friends, man, because, you know, these are, these, these folks are friends for life. And to have those kinds of quality human beings in my life is just, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. And I got to say, we've always said that uh, Halloween fans are a totally different breed than (laughs) any other fan base in the entire world. They are absolutely diehard. And, um, and I'm sure that's, that's pretty awesome too. I'm, so. Oh man, the fans, I, I've got to say, um, first of all, because I've met thousands, thousands of fans, right? I have never met one douchebag. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, horror fans in particular, Halloween fans for sure, are the, I mean, the cross section of every swath of humanity, every socioeconomic and sexual preference and race, religion, all that stuff goes out the window because we're all nerding out over the same thing, which is really beautiful, man. It's a really, really beautiful experience to have with you know your fellow human beings and and then some of the fans are so um man they're so nuanced they look at every freaking frame of the movie they pick things apart and it's so wonderful to be a part of those conversations with fans because their passion is just it's inspiring it really is and to know that i got to be a part of something that inspires them which inspires me it's just this you know it's just this spiral of love man it's really awesome that's great James, thank you so much for joining us here on Horror Movie Talk. We we owe you hours and hours of entertainment. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. You rock. Thanks again to James for showing up on our podcast. It was fascinating talking to him. Um interesting bit you guys didn't get to hear at the end of that interview uh james said i mean they kind of all say this so you know you never know but uh, he sounded pretty serious i asked him what his workout regimen is and he got a little excited to talk to us about that so uh so maybe he'll be back later to talk about how to stay alive as from from michael myers telling you how to survive better yeah. Yeah. We, we invited him back on and he said that, you know, we'll give it, you know, a couple months and then maybe we can reach out. Uh, we'll see. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know if the representation that we have contact with will be his representation in the future. I don't know if it's for the movie or for him, but whatever. Um, really interesting. Lots of like very in-depth and committed, you know, techniques for being a guy in a mask uh, walking around and killing people, but you got to hand it to him. Like it comes off. Like he does <laughs> look, he does look like he's going to a different place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. It is. Cr- one of the things he says in that interview is something like, you know, people say it must be just so easy to, you know, play a guy in a mask. And it's like, obviously, Obviously, that's not true. You can watch all kinds of horror movies where that just doesn't work uh, all over the place. Um, and so, you know, not the least of which are, you know, some some of the Halloween movies and Friday the 13th movies, you know. So and I, I really like his uh, I, I don't hold any of the ill will for this movie against him. I think he's one of the best parts of this movie. So. Yeah, yeah. 
They needed to be in it more. I think that's one of the main beefs yes. that we have with the movie is that what? Halloween End should have more Michael Myers in it. Why um, did he show up at the halfway point? I mean, I guess he showed up a little, like it's a little thought. I don't know. Yeah. The, then, you know, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, yeah, I mean, Mask is literally like a, a an important form of acting like it's something that you know academics and professional actors like go through is how to act with masks on and i think even ethan hawk talked about it with the promotion with the black phone where it's like yeah i mean you show you can show like what you can do with a mask as an actor like it's it's all about physicality and you know still portraying the psychology of the person even though your face doesn't move um it's fascinating stuff i would i wish we could have asked him more about his stint with um researching paranoid schizophrenics because i would like to like i imagine like a a super buff like actor in his early 20s like with a notepad he's like so like what are the voices telling you and the the guy is just like in that he's interviews just like peanut coffee <laughs> peanut coffee in my ass it's like <laughs> what so hmm fascinating and he writes down peanut coffee in my ass and <laughs> i i mean i i worked in downtown portland for some years and uh, you have too and i've definitely definitely run up against some schizophrenics. I've learned some methods for getting them out of your face when they are in your face. But uh, definitely the best advice that I've ever gotten is from a uh, uh, hardened veteran of the streets of Portland, our own producer, uh, Fart Simpson. When asked, when I asked him, how do you deal with the schizophrenics? He said, act crazier than them. <laughs> just, just act crazier than whoever you're up against. And that's all there is to it. No one wants to deal with you, even other crazy people. So there you go. And that seemed like sound advice to me. And it's not hard to do. Words to live by. All right, let's head into spoilers. All right, so... Bryce, can I hijack the start of the spoilers like I always do? Of course. Um, I just wanted to say to everybody, you know, I know we complain a lot. I know we act like bitches. Um, I'm I'm definitely well, a you bitch. Do, at least. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, but uh, but it's not often that we take uh, a moment to thank everybody for listening. I, from the bottom of my heart. Everybody listening to the sound of my voice, anybody who's bought stickers or T-shirts, anybody who's talked to us on social media and told us that you make that we make your day or that you like listening to us during work or whatever. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. Obviously, the patrons like it is amazing that we get to talk to you and so many people have such a great time with our show. It just blows my mind. And uh, we don't thank you enough. And if you've ever left a nice review for us, 
thank you. And if you've ever reached out to us, thank you. So really, truly, there's been a lot, and there's been a lot of people who've been here for years and years and years who I could name all of you. Um, and I love you. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Horror Movie Talks, uh, cold heart, thank you. It's It's been a really great four plus years doing this and i hope there's a lot more yeah it's thank you so much to anyone that listens or or watches on youtube like we've been every october is bigger than the last um got great growth and so anyone that's new and and listening to the sound of our voice thank you for uh, giving us a chance if we're not your cup of tea that's fine uh but we appreciate those that uh stick around um okay so halloween and so it starts in 2019 so it's a year after halloween kills is the opening of the film and it starts with uh cory this babysitter uh babysitting this kid of some obviously very rich people since they live in a giant house um or it might just be illinois i don't know maybe housing prices are a lot lot lower there like whenever i look at like upstate new york and zillow it's like good lord i could live in a mansion for the same price as my house dude this is the thing dude if you like if you go and look in yeah in some of these in some of the middle states uh like we were looking at places in mississippi (laughs) you can own a fucking plantation (laughs) uh with you know all the fixings well, maybe not all the fixings, <laughs> but a lot of the fixings. <laughs> and and probably it's, uh, missing one of the you know essential features when you think of plantation. But other than oh, that, oh well, I uh, I hope so. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be terrible. I have something in my eyebrow. Anyway, yeah, no, you can own these palatial estates for what over here on the West Coast you can get like a two bedroom one bath hovel over here <laughs> for the cost of what you can live in a fucking palace for in Alabama. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's, he's babysitting this kid. And so kind of the setup you're assuming is like, okay, well, this is going to be the setup where Michael Myers shows up and kills these people, you know, instead um, they set it up to where everyone's still talking about Michael Myers and scared of him, especially Corey. And uh, the little kid is a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kitty's babysitting. The kitty's babysitting is a little shit. And then uh, the kid starts tormenting Corey, basically. And then uh, inadvertently and by accident, Corey m- kills the little kid, <laughs> which was great i laughed i thought it was a great little moment because it's not just like oh no he accidentally hit his head he accidentally shoves him over the banister of like a four-story building (laughs) right as his parents walk in it uh, okay this was a such a strong start i was like how can they fuck this up this was like such a halloween start you know it's like things are normal things are normal things are normal things are as fucked up as they can possibly be right at the start some horrendous violence committed or done to a little kid like this is how a halloween this is how how halloween started and uh 
And so I was just like, I was like, this is, what's everybody talking about? This is going to be great. Um, yeah, this start was amazing. Yeah, I mean, and then even like the kid outlines like, well, Michael Myers never kills children. He kills babysitters. That's what I'm safe. Surely the Simpson children are safe. And uh, yeah, the first kill of the movie is a little kid. So, yeah, whatever. Funny you should mention the Simpsons, uh, because every time I heard Corey's name, all I could think of was the Corey hotline that uh, <laughs> Lisa that Lisa keeps calling and uh, spending tons of money on. And here are some words that rhyme with Corey. Gory, story, allegory, Montessori. And then she's like, ah. She got that fresh hit of Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it it after the title it leads into apparently the perfunctory recap of the entire Halloween franchise. Like it's a voiceover by Jamie Lee Curtis talking about like, oh, you know, thirty years ago, evil came to Haddonfield, and I. He survived and then i fought it and i did all these things and now i decided to live in a normal house with my granddaughter because because that makes sense and moving on yeah it's like <laughs> this makes zero sense to me and just the fact that they put it in a voiceover doesn't gloss over the fact the the last two movies you've been saying that this woman for over 30 years has been living in fear and preparation for vengeance. And it finally happened. Like the thing that she was most scared of happened four years ago. All of her suspicions that she's been told she's crazy for having are confirmed. Right. Like everything. It happened exactly as she prophesied. And, uh, after it happens and Michael Myers escapes, you would assume that we, she would go on like a whistle-stop tour of Haddonfield and like, hey, everyone, I was right. And this is how we need to prepare for next year. Like, because he's going to come Halloween again because it's Michael Myers. And instead of that, she was like, hey, well, sweetie, are you going to go out to that Halloween party? You totally should. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's just so befuddling like why why would you set up the that character for this franchise for two movies previous to make her basically be nothing in this like her her character in this was basically like filler it's confounding it makes no no sense for not just the character of Laurie Strode, who's they've been building for a little bit, but also anyone who's had to deal with this kind of thing. I like how she just shuts off all this tremendous trauma. And not only that, like as a pretty paranoid person, I think I can talk to this a little bit. There's nothing that works better for me than when my suspicions are confirmed. And I remember I remember very few of the losses and all of the wins. So what's the deal? Like, it's so just befuddling. 
that they chose to go this route with it. And it's just like, what? Yeah, it turns out if you have PTSD, just go do the thing that caused PTSD for you again, and then you'll be cured. Well, that is somewhat, I mean, that's, it's it's weirdly, ironically true. <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, scientifically, yeah, if you can trigger it again in a safe space where you know that, like, it's a controlled environment, yeah, you can counteract it to some degree. But not literally if it's like, <laughs> if you're like a, a soldier returning from Iraq, you know, and you've been living for the last 20 years, like, with the shadow of, like, roadside bombs, like, possibly killing you at any moment. And, like, any any crack or fireworker that goes off, it sends you back into the dark place. Um to say like, oh, you're just driving along, and then another roadside bomb goes off in front of you. Like, oh, well, now I know that's not going to ever happen again. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Lori Stroh got hit by lightning when she was 19 years old. Then she spent the next 30 years terrified and working through <laughs> lightning terrors. And then when she was 50, she got hit by lightning. <laughs> and then after that, totally normal. Totally normal. Chilled out about that fucking lightning. This is the first in in many kind of nonsensical character turns. Um, so we go back to Corey. Like a lot of this film is around this kid Corey, and um, so the beginning of the film was 2019, and then now it 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 skips forward to current day. So Corey's been living with the stigma of accidentally killing a kid for three years now. And uh, we've got, you know, your standard bully group of teens that show up and, and uh, ask him to buy them beer. And he's like, no. And then they're just like pushing him around like, Hey, what you going to do about it? Psycho babysitter. This is, this is such a fucking, this is such a weird change like of of the guard okay so if you go to like an 80s movie uh and you watch you know any 80s movie about you know you know it has bullies in it you know maybe a rodney dangerfield movie um the bullies are older they're bigger they're stronger (laughs) and they are all dudes (laughs) you watch halloween ends the bullies are younger smaller and of varying, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's a uh, rainbow the, coalition of bullies, the rainbow coalition of bullies. It's like, uh, we have to have our bullies represented by like, mm, like they're not just your standard cis bullies. <laughs> like, fuck that. We are like the, <laughs> the, uh, the fucking woke squad of bullies. It's very strange. It's like, okay. And they're from band? Like these are band kids? <laughs> what the fuck is that? I missed that. Where when did they say that? I don't know. I just looked at them and I thought band kids, so maybe it was just that. <laughs> uh, no, no shade on band kids, you know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, so they these bullies pick on Corey and like Corey is I mean, we see like a, a glimpse of his rage, I guess, because he 
shatters a bottle in his hand, which is impressive. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting, uh, take on, on bullies. And then, um, wow, I'm skipping forward through, through a lot of this. Like a lot of the movie is not notable. (laughs) Oh yeah. Laurie Strode saves Corey from the group of bullies basically. And they slash the bullies tires for revenge. And then, um, and then we're like shown Lori's granddaughter, Allison, and she's doing stuff. And I can't even remember how this fits in, but she gets a tarot card reading. And I love how in film tarot cards that seem bad are never bad. Like, and they all, the tarot card reader always has to explain like, Oh no, the death card. It doesn't actually mean death. It means, uh, new opportunities and, and, a and, a end of, of things and a restart of new things. And then I think in this one, it was like the devil it was like, no, the devil's not actually bad. The devil means like, and just giving some bullshit. I would love in some movie to be, it's like, all right, what's your, you know, this card represents your relationship. And then he puts down a card and it's like a bouquet of roses. And like the person's like, Oh, wow. Well, that sounds hopeful. Oh, no, that's actually very bad. Bouquet of roses means you're going to die next next Tuesday. Like the the Froyo is also cursed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I pulled the orgasm card. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would the orgasm card come to? That means all of your hopes come to an end. <laughs> yeah, it means you... Well, no, actually, that just means you come for the rest of your life. No, <laughs> no. Um, so it's kind of weird. Last week, uh, we got a fresh reboot of Hellraiser. Um, and we didn't actually mention in that because I didn't know because I'm a stupid idiot uh, that Hellraiser uh, played by Jamie Clayton. Uh, she is a... Uh, is a is a trans woman and i didn't even know that so first of all i just want to go back and retcon that and say brought not retcon but say bravo to jamie clayton passing like crazy but then also hellraiser pretty good pretty good even though it's just a straight ahead slasher i was not irritated by the choices that they made uh and now this week probably the most looked forward to uh slasher uh sequel maybe ever uh up until this point oof oof maybe go watch hellraiser on hulu yeah yeah i mean you see like the the two you know two sides of the tarot card on this one where it's like yeah you can do a reboot and be relatively respectful to the tone and the things that people liked about the previous series um or you could do this which is like hey we're going to do a completely different thing that has nothing to do with the tropes that we've set for 12 movies up to this point how did they do it no this was they they rec- this was a retcon right well this- i know but there's still like that many films in the series though right sure i don't know how many I, there are actually i'm okay. so baffled so baffled 
by the why 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 did they do this why, why did they go from kills him being this unstoppable killing machine that's arguably godlike to a fucking worthless piece of shit old man who like who's like like training a protege like the training a protege could be kind of a cool concept if it weren't for the fact that he seems to get weaker and weaker throughout the movie he's like got fucking hemophilia or something he's just well we're we're skipping forward a little bit because michael myers doesn't even make an appearance until close to the end of the movie it seems like um so uh allison ends up like oh actually uh that's right laurie strode drops off Corey to allison's workplace because she works in like a uh, medical clinic and she is the one that patches him up and uh she's pretty forward with him and is like hey let's go out on a date and uh <laughs> pursues pursues Corey, which you know it's good that's you know it's good um Let's see, where, where was I? And then, like, they set up, like, a, like love is in the air. Because not only is Allison trying to, like, get, make a love connection with Corey, but there's a scene with uh, Laurie Strode and the the guy played by Will Patton. I can't remember his name. Frank. Remember Frank from the previous movies? No. Oh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah. He shows up in the supermarket and it seems like they're going to make a love connection. And then Frank promptly doesn't appear in the rest of the movie. <laughs> what? I honest, um, honest to God, honest to God. How is okay. Like, okay. Look at star Wars directed by three different people. New hope empire Jedi perfectly coherent. I get it. The storyline makes sense. You go, how can they finish this up? And the in Empire, and then in Jedi, you're like, oh, oh, fuck, this is how they do it. Oh, wow, it's all coming together. Three different people in and in ends, you have one guy doing the whole thing. What is happening? I, I'm so confused by this. Yeah, it's it's weird that they they have all this set up stuff set up and that has zero payoff like for the first half of the movie almost. Um, and then at, at the supermarket, like there's the first of many like befuddling interactions with Lori to where this lady is blaming Lori for why Michael Myers mangled her mother or grandmother or something. It's like, wait, what? And I, I can't even remember in the previous movies that Laurie Strode did anything to antagonize Michael. Like in terms of like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the meme causing you him know. to, uh, he breaks free from a prison bus, which Laurie Strode has nothing to do. And he goes on a killing rampage, which he has nothing to do. And then the town like starts mob justice and attacks him, which wasn't led by Laurie. No. Like, I don't even understand, like, lo logically yeah. why a character would think that. It's just no. very convenient writing. It's like, well, people don't like Laurie because they don't like her. Laurie Strode exists 
Michael. Ah, <laughs> that's a, that's literally the logic is just like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And everybody else is like, hey, that guy, you, you know, maybe that guy was right. <laughs> it's like, Wait, what? And then also like. So Corey and Allison go to this bar and Corey gets confronted by the mother of the son that he accidentally killed. And then Corey gets super mad at Allison for leaving him alone at the club to get his, cause he walked away and got a drink and didn't follow him. I guess it, it just doesn't make any sense or at the very least makes him sound like a gigantic pussy. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little strange. The character that they made Corey to be reminded me a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal's character from Nightcrawler, which is like a, Affected, maybe not a sociable person, maybe a little bit of a uh, not somebody who is who is keen on social interaction, um, but still has I don't it, it was it was very it, it just reminded me of the Nightcrawler character is 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 what I'm trying to say I suppose it was they they did make his character confusing in a way. But I thought it was somewhat intentional until the end. And then I was like, what? I, maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe nothing in this movie was intentional. Um, and so Corey gets mad at Allison and breaks up with her. And she's like heartbroken. But in terms of the movie, hasn't haven't they been dating for like one and a half dates at this point? Like, how has she like instantly fallen for him and built her life around him? And this all takes place in october she's ride or die dude um after which uh cory as he's walking home gets confronted by the rainbow coalition of bullies and they're like hey this is the guy that fucked up my lebaron (laughs) (laughs) and they tussle with him and end up throwing him over a bridge (laughs) there's got to be the that's got to be the most embarrassing way to go. <laughs> right. Getting thrown over your bri- over a bridge by a scrawny ginger kid. Um, by the marching band. Yeah. And then he gets dragged into the sewer by Michael Myers. And so this whole sequence doesn't make any sense. Like he gets dragged into the sewer and then he comes to, he's alone. And then Michael Myers appears out of a side hallway to choke him. At this point, you're like, well, wait. So Michael Myers dragged him, left him alone to do like a jack-in-the-box to kill him? But no, David, he's not going to kill him. He's going to use a Jedi mind trick to transfer his evil through his eyes. Bryce. And now Corey's bad. I just had a revelation a relevation okay okay so all these halloween movies where michael is supposedly defeated and then a couple years later he manages to somehow pull through maybe maybe all those movies there was an even more evil person who was sitting in the shadows, pulling Michael into sewers so that he could recuperate slowly over the course of years. And then 
he would feed his evil into Michael so that Michael could come back. And Michael was just repeating the chain. Mm. Maybe he was passing on. Maybe this is how Michael passes his, the evil on. Maybe that's why the shape is called the shape, Bryce. Because mm. evil doesn't die. It just sh- changes shape. Right. It's just a shape. <sighs> that's so dumb. So anyways, uh, Michael Myers becomes uh, s- becomes Splinter and uh, passes on his evil to Corey. And Corey just now is just evil now. He immediately kills a hobo because, you know, why not? It's very uh, Spider-Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote down Corey oopsie doopsies into being the personification of evil. Like, mm-hmm. yep. it just kind of happened, you know? Oopsie. Just nothing, you know. He never really had the evil in him until, like, some people was like, hey, you're evil now. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize that now, but it all makes sense. Until <laughs> and then now. Lori sees him, and he she recognizes evil in his eyes because she sees him in the same shot that was in the original Halloween, staring because from the bushes. Because she's seen this evil before, because Michael passed his evil on to Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, another scene where Lori visits Corey's mother, and Corey inexplic- inexplicably blames Lori for why the town turned against Corey. Another ham-handed, like, why would this be a motivation? Why would someone blame Lori for this? It's like, and a rationale was like. You got the town so worked up about Michael Myers that the next year they were just looking for the next Michael Myers and they made him my son. I was like, okay, that's kind of kind of a stretch, but if you say so, script. I mean, you know, Kills was not, like, I was pretty upset with the length and the just the, the, the boring middle of Kills. But at least it made sense and was a halloween movie i don't think you can argue that kills uh felt out of out of place necessarily other than it was a little slower than normal but this i just have i don't know this whole episode is just going to be me going i don't get how he did it why did why why i wish we could i wish we could talk to him but he's not going to be talking to anybody for a little bit uh, this David Gordon Green guy is, he's off the radar, I think. Um, and then we're, we're shown like this relationship between Allison and Corey turns like, they're trying to set it up as like Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing. And like, it never is fully fleshed out or explained. And it's like, well, now Allison's wearing a leather jacket. So now she's bad too, question mark. And, uh, and like they're committed to leaving Haddonfield for some reason. Um, and then the, the next, ma- next major turning point is Corey leads this cop that was hitting on Allison to the sewer to feed Michael Myers, basically. And one of my favorite lines in the, <laughs> in the movie, just because this is like, 
he brings the, the cop in. Michael Myers shows up and Corey goes, show me how to do it. Because it's real complicated how Michael Myers kills people. Dude, you've already killed two other people, bro. Right. <laughs> you know how Michael to do Myers it. proceeds to just stab the guy. And so I was like, in my head, my head canon of the script would have been Corey going like, oh, so you just stab him. I <laughs> poppy. I. Yeah, it's uh it's fucking weird because well, I mean, I don't even need to elaborate on why it's weird. It's 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 fucking very strange. It's it's like asking, yeah, how do you do it? You just stab them. You just make their life not be in them anymore. It's very simple. There's a variety of ways you can do it. I did like that his I did like his corkscrew kill. Like that was pretty fucking alarming. And at that point I was still on board. I was like, okay, yeah. The corkscrew kill by the pool. I was like, Oh shit. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, after that, it started getting crazier. So this is like, this is like three fourths of the way through the movie by this. Like we see a glimpse of Michael about halfway through, but he's not, killing people he's not out and about he's in the sewer and then finally the last like quarter of the movie we see him killing with Corey, kind of but more of just like showing up when Corey's killing other people see this is the thing where if they're gonna set it up as Corey being michael myers's protege the movie should have been them killing together it should have been them like Corey watching or setting up like it should have been like a team effort for a while until, you know, setting up Corey to take over for Michael, I guess, or something. They didn't do any of that. Just Michael Myers appears. Corey for a moment takes over the role of Myers by stealing his mask. He kills the kids, the rainbow coalition of bullies in the junkyard he attacks the DJ, cuts his tongue out, um, and then is going after Lori, I guess. And then Lori, in another like befuddling term of events, is shown deciding to commit suicide because her granddaughter is going to leave or something. But haha, switcheroo, she wasn't going to ki- kill herself at all. Like, she was actually just acting like it um so that Corey couldn't see her and then she she could <laughs> Corey shows up or yeah Corey shows up and she's like you didn't really think i was going to kill myself did you and in the context of the movie Corey has no fucking idea what she was doing <laughs> before because she's not in view of a window she's not she's not making sound like it's literally to the audience in a very ham-handed way of like, ha Lori Strode wouldn't kill herself. She was always just preparing to kill Corey by pointing the gun at her temple. Like, it's just all part of the plan. She was luring Michael Myers in with a sense of false hope. Mm-hmm. So she shoots Corey, and then, and then Corey stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori when Allison walks in. Um, 
so many i mean just throughout this film there's so many unearned moments like the the reveal of Lori not committing suicide just is nonsensical like all of the confrontations of townspeople with Lori are unearned all of the changes in Corey and allison are unearned it just ha- it just switches on a dime and that's like the story of the movie and then finally the movie delivers on what you would expect which is Michael Myers shows up and tries to kill Laurie Strode. It's like, it's as simple as that. And that scene works to an, to a certain effect. Like, um, it's a little bit unbelievable given what happened in the previous movies, but you are shown like a standoff and, uh, Michael Myers is bested by Laurie by being pinned down to, the kitchen island with some knives and then she kills him she actually like undeniably kills him slits his throat cuts his wrists he bleeds out not just that and this is where it was like okay like i i admire him for the finality of the movie because they take michael myers parade him literally through the town of haddonfield and they take him to the metal chipper in the junkyard and just feed his body through the chipper, which is great. Yeah. There's nobody, there's no uh, evil or Michael Myers dragging his body into a sewer uh, to breathe more new evil into him after this. Although I don't know, maybe he could get Hellraiser franked back into, uh, you know, regoopified back into uh, existence yeah. somehow. Crossover. Crossover. Yeah. yeah. Um end was kinda the the end of this was pretty cool. Yeah, when it turned into the movie that it was supposed to be the whole time. Um But I, I it's weird. I kinda just don't have anything else to say about this movie. It's very yeah. confounding. So who who would like this? Yeah, um, I guess actually more importantly, do you think Bugsy would like this? <clears throat> I have it on I have it on good authority that Bugsy will not like this movie. Um Bugsy Siegel is a Halloween connoisseur, also the voice of a lot of Halloween fans. Uh I think if you're a Halloween fan, you probably uh put your stamp of approval on a lot of the insanity that uh that he says about this series. And he's right about a lot of it. Um I will say this is a lighter version of Halloween, uh, probably a little bit closer to the PG-13, uh, but not much. Uh, it's still pretty hyper-violent, so uh, I wouldn't suggest this for young kids uh, or even uh, teens, young teens necessarily. Um, I don't know. I, 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 this, is, this will be a point of shame for David Gordon green. in my opinion, I I mean, there's no way such a fucking rabid fan base that will, I mean, they will be out for blood. They're going to be that mob and kills. They're going to evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Yeah. I mean, this is not, I just, I don't recommend it. I don't see anyone that would, 
really like this because even people that like dumb fun, like there's not enough dumb fun in it. There's barely any kills. On such a high note with 2018, like I think we gave 2018 like a nine. Like it was a promising new way to go. How far we've fallen. I, I just don't know. I just don't know where we went wrong. Yeah. Okay. So our final bit. So I'll give a little context to this. Um, I've been for the last 48 hours been pretty sick. I had to take a sick day yesterday uh, because I didn't want to throw up on a client call. And um, so my head is still pretty woozy. Like the, in the beginning of the episode, when I was kind of dancing to the intro, I realized that um, I was shaking too much my head because my head was like, wah, wah, wah. you know how you get with, with your sick head. And um, in my f- f- uh, fuzz last night, I was thinking of bits we could do. And one of them was like, what if I guess what the plot of Halloween ends is before seeing it at all? And I don't even think I've really watched. I couldn't even remember anything from the trailer. So I was like, I, I recorded a video of myself in my haze, uh, guessing the plot of Halloween ends. Um, it's a little long, but I thought we could listen to it and see how close I got and see, um, maybe also see whether, uh, it could have been better in my version. Um, and we can, we can talk over it. But uh, I'll play it in full right now. Okay, here's a bit. I don't know if we'll use this or not. Just sitting down to watch. You can see my hair. Halloween ends. And I'm going to guess what happens in the movie. Okay. This is a year later after the events of Halloween Kills. And the news is covering the horrendous murders of the previous year and that Michael Myers is still on the loose. And Jamie Lee Curtis with her family are um, warning the townspeople to be prepared. I think I forgot that most of her family was killed in the last movie. Michael Myers is, where is he? He's out in a cabin in the woods. Why not? And he's been practicing killing on all the deer and elk that are close by. So it opens with him. Fall colors. Lee is falling on the ground. And he's walking towards an elk at a steady pace with a 14-inch long chef's knife. And the elk tries to get away, but because of Michael Myers' stamina, he catches up and stabs the elk in the heart. Just then... At what point were you recording this? Last night, before I watched it. Got it. It's none other than Joe Rogan with a bow. And Michael Myers does the... So it's a view from a top angle. And you see Michael Myers standing upright, looking over his kill. And then 
So he's up, up here, and then he turns towards Joe Rogan and the That's tree my impression stand. of Michael Myers. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, Joe Rogan shoots an arrow at him and gets like five arrows in Michael Myers, but Michael Myers is unstoppable. Climbs up the tree and uh, I don't know, there's a rope or something holding the tree stand to the tree and he cuts it. I don't know how tree stands work. The tree stand falls down. And then the mangled wreck, Joe Rogan, is spitting out blood and trying to crawl out. And then Michael Myers um, rips his arms off. And and then Joe Rogan bleeds out. No, rips his arms off and then beats Joe Rogan up until he dies. Flashback, Jamie Lee Curtis. There. Could you pause it for a minute? Creating a mobile. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Um, and and we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to because this may be considered punching down. But it seems like you may have something against Joe Rogan. Do you um, wish Joe Rogan immediate harm? No, I'm I'm saying Myers is out in the woods hunting elk and i just associated hunting elk out in the woods with joe rogan okay so there's like, no like we're not we're not there's no ill will joe. towards joe rogan okay so i think this idea i think it'd be a of, great celebrity cameo it would be one of the best celebrity cameos so much fucking stronger look i get the conti- i understand the callback of kyle richards being in Halloween. I get it. She was in the first one. It's I, I get it. I understand. She may well be the curse of this movie. Um, so Joe Rogan is a welcome. Like, I think that's a that's a great um a much better uh homage or callback or not call it's not a callback at all. It's just a cameo. It's that's a much better cameo. Mm-hmm. Um than fucking Kyle Richard, Jesus Christ. Duke armored person up until he dies. Flashback, Jamie Lee Curtis there creating a mobile Mike Myers armored personnel carrier. So it's very like, yeah, they're trying to create like a zombie apocalypse armored car. And They've loaded it to the brim with with weapons and flamethrowers. And they know, oh, and like the police scanner. And they're going to follow any calls and run towards Michael Myers in the safety of their armored vehicle. And they're just putting the finishing touches. Jamie Lee Curtis... Um, unloads a 10 pound sack of rice into the back and then cuts back to Michael Myers. He's slowly walking down the street. He's, he's in Vermont or something and he's starts hitchhiking. Um, he's taking his mask off, Mm -hmm. but has, so we only see the back of him, his back and he's still wearing the, 
coveralls. But uh, he gets picked up and then, or a uh, car stops, and then he, um, instead of going to the passenger side, he walks around to the driver's side. It's a, it's a man with a um, two-year-old daughter and a car seat in the back. Uh, like, shows the shot of the man looking confused. Like, what are you? doing and uh michael myers both hands reaches through the shut window shatters the glass and uh turns the driver's head all the way around exorcist style and then pops it off and then the blood squirts out and it's all over the two-year-old which is crying now and then Michael Myers pulls the decapitated body out of the car and um, puts a, a binky in the two-year-old's face, which calms down immediately. And he starts driving towards... I think the age a little, is a little off on that, but we'll go with it. And uh, so this is like the beginning of October or something. And then finally, it cuts forward to Halloween night, and everyone's like discussing whether they should get back to normalcy of Halloween or or not. And there's a group of teenagers that are like, "I don't care. I'm gonna go get candy." And they make sure to to bring a ragtag uh, army's worth of improvised weapons. So we've got like tire irons and some badass has a switchblade. Someone else has a has a bat with nails stuck through it. Someone else has like a a cutoff hockey stick. And they've all got these things and they're gonna be our ragtag roaming group of teenagers. Uh, Michael arrives and proceeds to like do basically the carbon copy of the original Halloween and, and the Halloween 2018. It's going to have a one shot of him walking around on Halloween around kids in costumes like and then going him to the back of someone's house and killing him like there will be a couple of those scenes and then um, someone will go up to a door where it's supposed to be someone in a costume that scares the kids because it's set up to be a dummy and they just have the bowl in their lap. But then Michael had stabbed them and then the parents realized that the person's dead because they're bleeding into the candy bowl. So they call the police, which mobilizes Jamie Lee Curtis and they start driving towards the neighborhood. Um, Michael Myers bounces. I'll skip over a lot of stuff. Like he's going to pick off the the teenagers in the ragtag group one by one, <laughs> and they're going to be terrified until the last one, the badass with the switchblade, is going to uh, get one up on Michael. He's going to like stab him in the eyes or something. But Michael is going to um, 
pick him up like Bane and crack his back in half. And he's going to be, he's going to leave him to crawl on. Oh, and then he picks him up and then slams his head against the side of a building and leaves him crumpled on the floor. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, they come after him in, in their mobile unit. And then against all reason, somehow Jamie Lee Curtis decides to get out of the car. Um, probably because they tried to run. Okay, this is what happens. They try to run over Michael Myers and they high center the mobile uh, Michael Myers kill vehicle. We'll call it the MMKV. And uh, Jamie Lee has to check, so she gets out. And then Michael Myers grabs her ankles and pulls her under, and there's a tussle. And then for the remainder of the movie is, like, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's family, like, somehow distracting Michael, and Jamie Lee Curtis gets away until they make their way up, like a tall building in downtown and then there's an epic final scene where Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers are tussling on the roof and then Jamie Lee Curtis grabs him around his abdomen and like uh, Sherlock Holmes style throws them both over the top of the building to be a sacrifice and to take Michael Myers with her. And then her family is going to make it right up to the top of the roof to see him go over the edge. And they're going to look down and see both their bodies crumpled and bloodied at the bottom of the building. And then they're going to run down and the police are going to arrive. But Michael Myers is gone. Halloween ends. So I did say it was long. Um <laughs> I I have a question. I have a few questions. Okay. Um one is how much of that did you have in your head before you started that and how much of that was uh was made up on the fly? Oh, that was zero 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 made it was all made up on the spot. Okay. That's it's impressive that you came up with a better movie uh than uh, <laughs> Halloween ends on the fly. Uh, completely on the fly. Well, how does it feel to get no money for that? <laughs> I was honestly expecting at least some of the kills or some of the stuff to cross over with the movie. Like that that's the thing. Like they they took such a left turn that there's almost zero crossover. There was a ragtag group of teenagers that were the bullies. Like I got got that right. I will say that this listening to this has made me realize that um that we may have a little bit of a uh a little horror movie talk meme on our hands here um which is still i mean which the meme would go a little something like this we watch a bad movie uh and then after we get done like shitting all over a bad movie um you know like we do a lot um we say still better than Halloween ends. <laughs> like anybody can come up with something more coherent than this if left 
to their own devices <laughs> over a fucking pandemic for yeah. four years. I was I was fully expecting like that was the one part that I thought could be no fail, which is Laurie Strode and Michael Myers both die at the end. Like, like I wasn't sure whether Michael Myers would die, but definitely that they would show Jamie Lee Curtis dying. And they didn't. I was uh, to their credit. I'm like, well, they actually delivered on what the title said, which was the end of Michael Myers. You know, I got to say, you know how a lot of times, you know, you'll you'll see a trailer or a poster for a movie and it'll have all the words all over the, the you know, and it'll have the like the snippets of the reviews all over it. It'd be like the craziest thus and so movie ever. My if if we have like one of those quotable things, I, I it would just be one word. And that's just I just can't stop saying this. This is, movie is confounding. How? I, I will never know how this ended up being. There's nobody at Bloomhouse who was going to be like, hey, what? Hey, I know the, f- is this Bloomhouse still? Like, did, did something change? Like, I, I'm so confused by this. It's one of those situations where, the Halloween 2018 seems like they had a conception of like where they're going with this. Like it seems like they're rebooting it for a purpose to tell a specific story over a trilogy and kills seems like it was actually was like formed around the same time as 2018's cause it's a continuation of it. Um, and kind of uses a lot of the tropes of, you know, the previous Halloween movies and is like also kind of an extenuation of the homage to the previous movies in the series. And then you think like, oh, well, then this is going to be the conceived from the beginning ending. And that's obviously not the case. Like, there's no possible way they thought when they did 2018, like, and then in the third movie, we're going to ignore Michael Myers completely (laughs) and do this other thing. You know, I think, and this is research for another podcast to do (laughs) a well-researched podcast. Um, But it smacks to me, especially watching kills and now ends. It smacks to me that maybe David Gordon Green was given a lot of the script to 2018 like maybe that was all punched up and done by someone else. And, and they were like, you are, you're my boy blue. And then they just got handed it to him and executed it. And then they were like, now you take it from here. You're the new Michael Myers. And he was like, okay, just like Corey did. And then not, didn't, didn't work out. Didn't not work out. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, that's a botched one. That's a botched Halloween. They botched it. All right. Well, regardless of whether you're going to see Halloween, we thank you for listening. Uh, Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, especially uh, if you enjoy the show. Um, Share the show with friends. The only way that we grow. Um, 
special thanks to our patrons. And again, if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. And we'll see you on the flippity flop. Bye. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing. Is that me? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, the scraggly wood. He had no face. Horror. Uh, uh. Wow, that didn't sound good.